Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. I know one thing. It is well with Cam sold. <laughs> Boy, I'd like for us all to have that kind of peace, won't you? Imagine this scenario in the pasture. There are the sheep. And they look up, and one of them, one of the little ones, has run down to the mud and is flopping around in the mud with the pigs next door. And the rest of the sheep look and say, What's his problem? Sheep don't do that. In another pasture, a young sheep notices some dogs have come nearby. Oh boy, new playmates. And he takes off to play with the dogs and the sheep says, say, What's his problem? They don't want to play. They want to eat him. Sheep don't do that. In another pasture, a young sheep is seen over there playing and walking around the rocks near the river. And the water was up so high, there were rapids. And the sheep said, wait a minute. Those rapids could take him off and kill him. What's his problem? Sheep, don't do that. Later when the day is ended, and the sheep take off following the shepherd, they look behind, and the young sheep is over there by himself, looks up, ignores, and just stays where he is. And the rest of the sheep say, wait a minute. Sheep don't do that. I want us to think today, as we continue to develop our topic for the year on live the abundant life, we come to one of the characteristics, and that being the sheep. We've already talked about the shepherd. Now we need to talk about the sheep. To be a part of the abundant life, this text tells me that I need to be one of the sheep. Because in John 10 and verse 10, Jesus said, I've come to give them life and Give it more abundantly. Previous to that was his discussion right here about sheep. Think with me about that idea. First of all, I want us to understand the concept of sheep to some degree. We're not really as big on the idea of why sheep are so important. Why is it that he would even use that 
illustration, that image, why would he put that in their minds? Well, that doesn't make as much sense to us, but it makes plenty sense at the time in which he was writing. Sure, Jesus addressed, as did all writers of Scripture, Jesus addressed universal principles in the present culture. And not every single detail of present culture fits our culture, but every single universal principle absolutely does. So notice, why would he use sheep? Well, sheep were used to define the wealth of people. In Job 1, when Job was called by Satan, the one God has protected, how had God protected him? Well, Satan said, I want to try to get him. And in describing his wealth, he had 7,000 sheep. At the end of his battle with Satan, God didn't just reimburse him. He doubled it. And then he had, in chapter 42, 14,000 sheep. Sheep were a part of the wealth economy. Secondly, as you know, sheep were a part of the sacrificing nature or religion of the Jews. In fact, it was a prime part of the way they sacrificed to God. Second Chronicles details a number of times when they sacrificed. Think about this. When Solomon dedicated the temple that he had built, he sacrificed 120,000 sheep plus other animals. How long would it take? I can't even imagine what 100,000, 120,000 sheep look like. When Asa was involved in his reforms, bringing the people back, he sacrificed 7,000 sheep. This happens four or five times in 2 Chronicles. They had sheep everywhere. When Reuben attacked some enemies who had bothered the people, his brother, he took from them 7,000 sheep. The king of Moab gave in tribute to the king of Israel the wool from 100,000 lambs and 100,000 rams. Man, there were sheep everywhere. I get the impression that you couldn't go anywhere without seeing a sheep. One fellow describing his trip to Palestine said, he came across one clan of a few shepherds in a family who were taking care of 3.5 million sheep. I just can't fathom it. Time hasn't changed much. It hasn't changed much since the garden in that part of the country. Farmer 
and shepherd are the oldest professions on the face of the earth. So when Jesus said, I'm going to tell you about life as a child of mine, as a follower of mine, his most often used images were farming and shepherding. John 10. Turn your Bibles to that text. And let's consider a couple of things together. In this text we find, okay, Jesus said, I'm going to use sheep to describe the abundant life. What does he say about the abundant life as it relates to sheep? Number one, verses one and two in the text that was read. He says, look here, they're my sheep. I own them. They belong to me. There is a sheepfold. I want you to know that you want to be one of mine, you got to go behind the door. It's over there. Jesus said, where is the abundant life? It's in the sheepfold. Where is it not found? Outside the sheepfold. If you want to have the abundant life today, you got to go through the door and get on the other side. There's not a person in this room. There's not a person online with us who doesn't want to have an abundant life. We would love to be able to say, yes, I'm living the abundant life. If you are a sheep behind the door of the sheepfold of Jesus, you have access to the abundant life. Number two, because they are his sheep, because they've gone through the door, they listen to him. If I'm going to have the abundant life, I need to listen to him. He is the shepherd. He is the one who owns the sheep. He knows what needs to happen. He knows. And notice what it says about that. They hear his voice because he knows them. He calls them by name. That same man that I read who had visited in Palestine... He walked up to a shepherd and he said, I've heard a whole lot about shepherds naming their sheep. Is it real? The shepherd said, it sure is. He said, let me show you. And he yelled into the flock of his sheep a name. One head perked up and came running over to the shepherd and just sat there. It works. You know why? Because the shepherd knows him. But number three, the shepherd is known by him. The sheep came running because he heard his, the shepherd's voice and the sheep knows that voice. If you're going to be a part of the abundant life, it is found behind the door with one who knows you and whom you know and who will continue to stay there. Verse 5, 
and goes nowhere else. That's the abundant life. Verse 6 is interesting. Having just described how sheep are everywhere, and that's their economy, and that's their life, when he finished telling them this, the Bible says they didn't know what he was talking about. They didn't get it. Isn't it interesting that something that simple, that common, they didn't get proves to me that they weren't a part of the abundant life that he was describing. They didn't get it. As Melinda put together all of those pictures and scanned them in of our history, big box of pictures, I sat down and went through every single one. My, how some of us have changed. Some of you I didn't even recognize. Some of me I didn't even recognize. We've changed. Let me tell you what else I found. I have a whole stack of pictures of people no longer here. Some of our friends have moved away. We stay in touch. That's a different group. Some have gone on to their reward. That's a different group. But some have left the sheepfold. They've left the abundant life. They've decided this is not for them. They've listened to the voice of another. And while the life they have gone to may satisfy them for the moment, it certainly won't work in eternity. Therefore, third, live like a sheep. If you want to have the abundant life, this text is telling us we better live like sheep. That's such a derogatory term, isn't it? Aren't you tired of hearing that term for the past year? Because everybody describes people different from them. That group over there or that group over there, they're just a bunch of sheep. Isn't that what they say? All they're doing is what they're told to do. They're just a bunch of sheep. Well, we have made that a negative. But Jesus said, if you want to live the true abundant life, be a sheep. Be a sheep. Why then did Jesus choose sheep so often to describe who we are. 
Think of these reasons that seem to flow naturally from everything we read about sheep and whatever people today understand even in this country about sheep. Number one, sheep are pack animals. Therefore, if you want to have the abundant life, run with the pack. Sheep don't do well by themselves. I didn't have any experience with sheep. Had a lot of experience with goats. And goats really do represent the opposite of what sheep do. I mean, we had goats that they just would want to be there and there and there, and they're running all over the place, whatever they want to do. Not sheep. Run with the herd, with the pack. John said in 1 John 1 in verse 3, We declare these things to you, that your fellowship may be with us, and truly our fellowship is with His Son, Jesus Christ. There is a fellowship, a connection, there is a family, there is a herd, run with the herd. It is not coincidence that the first thing we hear about those brand new Christians in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 of whom gave themselves to Jesus, it is not by coincidence that the first thing we hear, they continued in fellowship. Have you felt less on fire for the past year? Have you had struggles maintaining your energy level, your enthusiasm? Thank you. She's just admitting what the rest of us know. Yes, that's what we've had. And you know why? Partially. Because we haven't had this. We need the herd. We need the group. If you want to have the abundant life, Run with the herd. Number two, sheep follow. If you want to have the abundant life, play the game, follow the leader. Interesting little game for kids. I really miss preschool that we have. And sometimes when chapel is over, and they're heading off to class, I'll do something goofy. Okay, follow me, and we're going to hop like a bunny. Or we're going to zigzag. Follow the leader. That's what sheep do. Follow. Jesus said in this text, they hear me and they follow me. If you want to have the abundant life, you got to live like a sheep and be willing to follow. 
We don't protest. We don't rise up in rebellion. We don't spend the time questioning every single detail without following. If you want to be a sheep, then you have to follow because my word tells me that if I hear his voice, I will follow. Number three, be submissive. Sheep are submissive. So, eat some humble pie. Paul said in Romans 12, we should not think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think, but think soberly and righteously. And in verse 10 he said, in honor giving preference to one another, we must have a humble spirit. You think of sheep, you think of humility. Yes, people make it negative by looking at their pushovers. They'll just do whatever they're supposed to do. But you know what? If you're a sheep in the sheepfold of Jesus, the shepherd, just follow. Just humbly follow. Because if I can do that, if I can follow his word and I can follow him in a humble fashion, Jesus says, you'll be okay. Number four, sheep are content. They don't whine and moan and complain. They're content. Find your purpose. How many times have you heard during the Lord's Supper, Isaiah 53 read? And in that reading of Isaiah 53, there's a section there, one verse, verse 7, that talks about Jesus. And it said, He was led to the slaughter, and as a sheep, before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Well, in, in reading that, I'm trying to understand what does that mean? I don't understand that concept. I'm back to this same guy that I was reading. He said, I watched as the shearer did his work. He said he let, the sheep came in, the shearer put him over on his side and had a knee holding him down while he sheared the wool. He said that sheep made not one sound. This is what his purpose is. He had spent the time eating and doing necessary to grow the wool, and now his purpose was to give it up. And he didn't complain, wasn't nervous, didn't look like he was afraid that the clipper was going to cut the skin. Find your purpose. Accept the purpose. Understand its value. Trust the shepherd who leads.
Number five, sheep listen. Sheep listen. When the shepherd says, come on, here they come. You want to live the abundant life? Perk up your ears and listen. There are a lot of voices out there. There are a lot of distractions. There's a lot of commotion that attract our ears. But in the midst of all of that, whatever's going on in the herd of the sheep, when that sheep hears his name, his ears perk up. And he's ready to go. We got to listen. Scripture says that we listen to be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Paul prays the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13 because they received the word not as it was the word of men, but rather as it is the word of God. Listen. There's always a way to get something from a presentation of the gospel. Admittedly, there are many times that I preach and think, I didn't like that, didn't enjoy that, didn't, have, didn't do what I wanted, it didn't seem good, but that's on me. You know what's on you? To find something good in it. Because there's always something if I perk up my ears, that I will hear, accept, find, and change my life if that's what I choose. So perk up your ears. Finally, it seems a little odd, but the final one is this. Sheep are defenseless. They don't have any way of protecting themselves. That's the shepherd's job. But since they are defenseless, somebody has to take care of them. Somebody has to say, all right, what are we going to do? Paul says, here's what you do. I'm not going to brag about anything in my life except my weaknesses, my infirmities. They are defenseless. And what that means is they are weak, but it doesn't mean that they are destroyed. It doesn't mean that they are less than anything else. They are the most valuable of those animals, potentially. And they are so numerous. They need them in their economy. And to be the sheep that God wants us to be, what's he saying? Be defenseless. What's your only defense? Paul said, I'm not going to brag about anything. I'll boast in my infirmities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Sheep individually may be weak. 
But they understand that their strength lies right there with that shepherd. They don't have to find it for themselves. They don't have to be dependent upon themselves. They don't have to take their own course. They just accept the fact that their defense, their strength, their power lies in that shepherd. The sooner we realize that, the deeper we feel that. My strength is not here. My main strength is not even here. My main strength is there. Jesus through His Word. And when I can find that, now I can have the abundant life. So what's the point? Real simple. If you want to have an abundant life, be a sheep. Tonight we're going to notice that Sometimes sheep are not sheepish. We're going to notice the other side of that coin. But for today, be a sheep. Come to the sheepfold. Enter through the door of Jesus. Be a part of His family called sheep. If you want to obey the gospel today and be a part of the family of Jesus, if you want us to pray in behalf of something in your life, if you need us, we're here. That's why we sing. Stand together. Meet our shepherds if you need us. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.